um, the law. And um, or before we get into that, anybody have a question this morning? Anybody have a question? No questions? Okay. All right. So we were talking about this, and um, we were looking at how um, the Bible speaks about that um, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And the reason why we fall short of the glory of God is because of sin. And then, of course, we understand the wages of sin is death, right? So there's, the, there's punishment, there's judgment for sin. And we know that we're a sinner. How? How do we know we're sinners? What? Because of the law, right? The law helps us to see that we're sinners, right? And that's what the Bible tells us in First John, that um, sin is the transgression of the law, right? So we're able to see that we're sinners because of God's law. We see the law of God, uh, and we see that we're sinners. We've broken God's law. And so we were looking... Um, we were looking at this a little bit last week, how, so the law comes into place, right? And you have Moses on Mount Sinai, God gives him the law, and um, you have uh, many different things given. But the question that I was asking was, was God just and righteous to condemn people and judge people before God gave the law to Moses if there was no law? So if, if the law is not given till Moses, right, on Mount Sinai after God delivers Israel from, from Egypt, then did God have a right then to judge the world back in Genesis chapter 6 and flood the world? Does God have a right then to, for those before to judge them if there is no law, right? Because, again, we have to understand... Again, there are some religions that teach basically that um, we are incapable of making choices, right? You don't have a free will. Um, God has already chosen the choices that you will make, right? Uh, God has chosen whether you will be saved or whether you will be lost. You don't have a choice in it. God has chosen that for you, okay? So if God has chosen that for someone, if God has chosen someone to be lost, then how does, that, how does that correlate with Scripture that teaches that God is a God of justice and righteousness? Because if God just says, you're going to go to hell because I forced you to go to hell, you didn't have a say in the matter, how is that justice? How is that righteous? Right? Um, so we're, talk, we're talking a little bit about this. Um, how many of you kind of went back this week? You're kind of looking, looking at this. Anybody? A couple of you? Not many? Okay. All right. So what do you think about this? Was there, how can God judge people before the law if the law does not come until Moses? I mean, think about it. Go back to Genesis chapter 6, right? Genesis chapter 6, verse number 5. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, 
and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And he repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him in his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, and the creeping thing, and the fowl of the air, for it repented me that I have made them. Now, why is God saying he's going to destroy and judge the earth? Because of what? Sin. Because of, it says they're continually doing evil, right? Now, wait a minute. If, if God is the one that has, and again, I'm saying there are some religions that teach this. If God has said that, has forced someone to commit sin, then how can God judge them for doing what they were told to do? I mean, actually, aren't they actually then being obedient? <laughs> right? If, they're, if God is, if we would want to say, pre-program them, right? They have no choice. They don't have a free will. God has said, you're going to die and go to hell. You're going to reject God. Whether you want to or not, you're going to reject God. Then by rejecting God, aren't they just doing what God told them to do? So then how could God judge them for that? Greg? Okay, but if, if they are, again, if they are already forced, if, they are, if God has already chosen for them to reject God, if God has already chosen them to be a sinner and reject God, then are they really knowing good and evil then? Which I think that's, that's a really good point that you just brought out there, right? If they are forced to reject God because God has pre-programmed, right? God has, in essence, what they're saying, there is no free will, right? There's no free will. God has chosen what you're going to do, and therefore you're going to reject God. So if God has chosen them to reject God, then, th then do they know good and evil? That's an interesting thought, right? Am I taking you too far down the rabbit hole here? Right? Some of you are looking at me like, what? See, this is, to me, this is, this is really fascinating because the more you begin to, to look at Scripture, the more you begin to open it up and let God speak for Himself, the more you begin to say what they are teaching and what they're saying is actually impossible. It's not possible, right? So this is, this is why, again, some of you might be on the fringes. You're like, I'm not really sure where this is going. I'm not, but hang on, because I, I think you'll be able to get something with it. But it just it really helps us to, again, this is what, is, what does the Bible tell us specifically that we are supposed to do with his word? What is it? Study, right? We're to study it, right? Studying it. And this is the reason why many times we don't want to study it because it takes time, right? It takes work. We don't want to study it, right? But as we begin to study and we begin to compare Scripture, we begin to see 
God is a God of justice. God is a God of righteousness. Okay? And it's not just God has chosen certain people to go to hell and certain people to be saved. No, no, no. We do have a free will, and that comes into play with it, right? I saw a couple of hands raised up a couple of seconds ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, but see, their, their rebuttal to that would be God has only chosen certain people to trust him, so only those people who God has chosen to trust him will he direct their path. <laughs> but they say it's not their choice. They say God has chosen who can be saved and who cannot be saved. <laughs> All right, Miss Patty? The whosoever is those that God has chosen. The same thing with John 3.16, for God so loved the world. The world is not everybody. The world is just those who are chosen. <laughs> but you see, how, you see how when we don't take Scripture literally, what do we begin to do? We have to start changing definitions. Since when has the, the term world only meant certain people, right? I mean, I'm not, I'm not, trying, to be, I'm not trying to be mean here. I'm just, I'm just trying to be logical, right? When did they and them mean only one person? Right? So what are we doing? We're trying to change the definition of words, to make it say what I want it to be, okay? The same thing. You can't, you can't take whosoever, which means literally what? Whosoever means anybody, and say, well, that only means a certain group of people. No, it means, it means anyone. It means anyone, right? So when we think about this, okay, let's, let's go back to Genesis chapter 6, okay? Was there a law? Because okay, this is what we're talking about, right? The Bible says sin is the transgression of the law. The law of God. God's law. Okay? Obviously, we know in the Garden of Eden, there was a law. God said, as Brother Greg pointed out, do not eat of the tree. That was the law, right? Don't eat of the tree. He said, if you do, you'll die. Okay? What did, what did they do? They broke the law. They transgressed the law. They ate of the tree or the fruit of the tree, right? They broke the law. They became sinners, okay? Yes, we understand everybody that is born is born a sinner now, but so now when we come, and remember, from Genesis chapter uh, Genesis chapter 3, basically to, or Genesis chapter 1, all the way to Genesis chapter 11, is simply um, condensed a 2,000-year period of time, okay? From Genesis chapter 1 to Genesis chapter 11 re- records 2,000 years years okay so in those 2000 years of course we know that the law given to moses is not for another 500 years or so so now we're talking from creation to moses is almost 2500 years before god gives the law to moses on mount sinai 
So was there a law before this that God is able to be just and righteous in being able to say to those in Genesis chapter 6, because of your wickedness, because of your evil, I'm going to destroy the world. Is God? Is there a law after the flood, between the flood to the time of Moses, that God is able to judge and say, because of your wickedness and because of your disobedience, you're not going to be saved? Is there a law? Because again, the Bible says sin is the transgression of the law. So if these, if these people are con- condemned as sinners, what law is there? Katie? Well, but then they broke the law, and then they were separated from God. So now Jesus is not walking with them anymore, right? Now they're separated. Miss Leslie? Okay, yeah, that, that's, that's very, very true. God does look at the heart, right? There's no doubt about that. Um, um, yeah, Ms. Donna? Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Yep. Do you have a... Yeah, that, that's a good point. And what did he preach? What did, he, what did, what did Noah preach? Righteousness. 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 
Uh, it'd stand to reason, wouldn't it? Right. We rebel. We're disobedient. We're unrighteous. Mm-hmm. We sin. Mm-hmm. This is true. Oh, that's a good question too. Where does the Holy Spirit come into play in this? Right, because is not the Holy Spirit working? Mm-hmm. Yep, the Holy Spirit is working as well. Yep, Miss Amy. Okay. Okay. Corey? Okay, I'm gonna t- I'm gonna take a step back there. Did they not know good and evil before they ate the tree? Yes. They knew good and evil before, right? Now they they knew what good was. Good was what obeying God. Evil was disobeying God, right? Now they had not experienced evil, right? But they knew good and evil, right? The thing that, and, and this is, you know, a lot of times we think, you know, um, you know, when we think about Adam and Eve eating the fruit and the things that, you know, they didn't know good and evil before they ate the fruit. Oh no, they knew good. They they were perfect. How could you how could you not know good? You're you're in the garden, the the perfect garden that God has created. You have no sin. You think somehow we know what is good better than they knew what was good? I don't think so. They knew what was good. Now, we would say evil. Well, they didn't know what was evil because there was no sin. And that's true. But they knew what evil was, and that evil was to disobey God. 
right? They knew they were not supposed to. That's why even when the serpent came and tried to convince her, what is Eve saying? Wait a minute, God says we're not supposed to do this. God says we're not supposed to disobey him. This is, this is evil. But they just chose to go ahead and do it anyway, right? Somebody else had a hand up real quick. Oh, Mom. Right. He's revealed and manifested himself to them. Sure, yeah. Through the creation of the world, definitely God has revealed himself. God has manifested himself so that, again, the Bible says they're without excuse, right? Every person knows that there is a God, right? Um, there, there are no atheists. I mean, you can, you can claim to be an atheist, right? You can say you don't believe in God, um, but that doesn't change the fact that God says you do, Right? You believe in a God, you may not want to accept the Creator God as your God, but you have you do have a God. Either you have made yourself a God, or you've made something else a God, um, and that's why. What does the Bible say? The fool hath said in his heart, "There is no God." Okay, but when we think about this, right? Was there a law before God gave the law to Moses and Israel on Mount Sinai? I think if we understand, we know that God gave, there was ceremonial laws that they were supposed to do. Um, There were civil laws, you know, uh, things that they should wear, things that they should not wear, things that they should eat, things that they should not eat, um, how far distances you could travel and things like this. So there were were ceremonial laws, there were civil laws, but when we think about the moral laws, what would we say the moral laws are? We say the moral laws are the Ten Commandments, right? The Ten Commandments would be what we would consider the moral laws. Um, what is that? You know, don't steal, don't commit adultery, uh, don't covet, honor your parents, do all these different things. Okay. So when we think about again, we're not talking about the ceremonial laws. We're not talking about the civil laws that God gave specifically to Israel, right? Because those were specifically for Israel. But you notice, I, I can't remember which one of the guys read it a second ago. But he talked about how that the Gentiles do by nature the things contained in the law. Is he talking about the ceremonial laws? Is he talking about the civil laws? No. What laws is he talking about? The moral laws. The moral laws, right? In fact, even in the New Testament, when you think about this, um, when the, uh, the lawyer comes and asks Jesus, saying, what is the greatest commandment? What does, does Jesus talk about the ceremonial laws? Does he talk about the civil laws? What does he refer back to? The moral laws. What does he say? Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. This is the greatest commandment. And the second is like unto thyself. Thou shalt love thy neighbor. Or the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And what does he say? On these two hang all the law and the prophets. Right? So Jesus doesn't go back to the to the ceremonial laws. He doesn't go back to the civil laws. He goes back to the moral laws. Okay? Do you know that just because God gave the moral laws to Moses and the children of Israel on Mount Sinai, that doesn't mean that's where they began. Now, that's the first time that the ceremonial laws began, 
we could say, and the first time the civil laws began, but the moral laws did not begin when God gave them to Israel on Mount Sinai. Because if that were true, right, if that were true, then how could God be able to say that the Gentiles who don't have the law do by nature the things that are contained in the law? Right? So this is what's really fascinating. If you go back and you'll study through, you'll find, and I believe that, um, I believe you can do this, right? Um, you can find every single one of the, what we would say, the moral laws, the Ten Commandments, before Moses ever gave them or was given them on Mount Sinai. You can find every one of them. So go to, go to Genesis chapter 35. Genesis chapter 35, and hold your place there. And I want you to go back to Romans chapter 2. Romans chapter 2. Now, watch what he says in actually verse number 11, right? And we'll get into this in a little bit. In verse number 11, he says, For there is no respect of persons with God. There's no respect of persons with God. And then what does he say? For as many as have sinned without the law shall also perish without law, and as many as have sinned in the law shall be judged by the law. Right? For not the hearers of the law are just before God, but the doers of the law shall be justified. Okay? Now think about this. For as many as have sinned without law shall also perish without law, and as many as have sinned in the law shall be judged by the law. What is he speaking about here? What is he saying? Somebody that's able to be judged by the law and somebody that's able to be judged without the law. Well, but he says that there are those that, are, that have sinned without law shall also perish without law. Okay, you're doing you're doing you're you're good, doing good here, right? You're on the right track. Okay, all right. Okay, so then why does he say, "As many as have sinned without law shall also perish without law"? Go ahead and answer that. We'll just sit. <laughs> 
<laughs> Miss Emily? Oh, very interesting. He is talking about two different groups of people. He's talking about Jews and Gentiles, right? Uh, yes and no, right? That's, you're, you're, you're on to something right there, yes. But I'm not going to say they don't have the same law. They all have the same law, I'm going to say that, but one has more, Okay? So when he says in verse number 12, for many, as many as have sinned without law shall perish without law, but as many as have sinned in the law shall be judged by the law, what law is he speaking about here? Is he speaking about the moral law? If he's speaking about the moral law, and we know that everyone has the moral law, then how can he say they don't have the law? Which written law? Well, that's the moral law. And we, we would say that everyone has the moral law, and I think I can prove that here in a little bit. So what law, then, is he talking about here? Leah? Okay. What was so important to the Jews? Which specific law? Now, there was a specific law that was given that was so important to the Jews that if you didn't do this, then you just, you know, you were just... This law right here was what really proved whether you were spiritual or not. It was, but which one? Which one? Which law? I mean, this was so big to the Jews. If, if you know, you were not spiritual if you did not follow this one law. Anybody? Circumcision. She's she's been listening to you. Yeah, she's been listening to you. Circumcision. Circumcision was so important to the Jews, right, that they judged everything off of circumcision. That's why if you keep reading and you go down to the end of the verse, verse number tw- or the end of the chapter, verse 25, for circumcision verily profiteth if thou keep the law, but if thou be a breaker of the law, thy circumcision is made uncircumcised. Why does he bring out circumcision in this? Because that was so big to the Jews. Now, wait a minute. Which law was circumcision a part of? Was it part of the moral law? When, God, when we think about the Ten Commandments, do we think of circumcision? No. You see, circumcision was a ceremonial law. And again, that law was given to the Jews, not to the Gentiles, right? Just like there were certain things, you know, um, even in your, your clothing, you couldn't mix certain types of clothing, right? You couldn't eat certain types of things. Well, that was ceremonial laws, but that was given to who? The Jews, right? And so he's saying the Gentiles aren't going to be judged by that law, whether they've been circumcised or not. They're not being judged by that, right? That law, they're not being judged by because that law wasn't given to them. It's not for them. And that's why he says here in verse 25, for circumcision verily profiteth if thou keep the law. So in other words, he's saying the only way that circumcision really profits anything is if you actually keep the law. The whole law, not just one point in the law, right? 
And that's where he, he goes on, right? But if thou be a breaker of the law, thy circumcision is made uncircumcision. So even if you are circumcised, again, that was really big to the Jews, but you're a breaker of the law, he's like, what good then is circumcision? You have broken the law, so what point is circumcision? Now to them, that was everything. To be circumcised, to be a Jew, that was like what every To be a Jew, you had to be circumcised, so that was it. They, they, who they were was what got them in their eyes to heaven before God. And God and Paul is trying to show them here, look, it has nothing to do with your one law of circumcision. Right? And he's trying to help them to see that they have broken the law. Even though they kept circumcision, and even though they've kept certain of the laws, they've they have not kept the law, right? Therefore, in verse 26, if the uncircumcision, who is that? Gentiles keep the righteousness of the law. Interesting. He says the righteousness of the law. What law is this? This is not ceremonial law. This is not the civil law. This is what law? Moral law, right? If the uncircumcision keep the righteousness of the law, shall not his uncircumcision be counted for circumcision? And shall, uh, for... He is not a Jew, or go back to verse 27, and shall not uncircumcision, which is by nature, if it fulfill the law, judge thee who by the letter and circumcision does transgress the law? For he is a Jew, which is one inwardly, and circumcision of that of the heart in the spirit and not in the letter. Right. So he's really trying to help the Jews understand that salvation is not through the law. Right. Even though they thought, hey, circumcision is the big one, right? And this is so. This going back to what we said, and, and we are running out of time here real quick, all right? So he says, For as many as have sinned without law shall also perish without law. Look, we're not going to be judged by the ceremonial and, and the civil laws that God gave to the Jews. You know why? We're not Jews. We're not Jews, right? So he goes on. And as many as have sinned in the law shall be judged by the law. So those that are trying to keep the law, the ceremonial, the civil, look, do you know how many laws God gave to Israel in the ceremonial, civil laws, and all these things? Over 600 laws. He says, all right, you want to try to keep those laws? And guess what? You're going to be judged by those laws. Try to keep them? You're going to be judged by them, right? For not the hearers of the law are just before God, but the doers of the law shall be justified. For when the Gentiles which have not the law do by nature the things contained in the law. Now, this is not talking about the ceremony and civil laws. This is talking about moral law. Do by nature the things that are contained in the law, right? Again, the ceremonial laws are not by nature. Guess which laws are by nature? Moral laws. Right, the moral laws are by nature. The moral laws, again, we're going to go back and we're going to see where all this started. Right, um, these have not the law or a law unto themselves, but show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness, their thoughts. The meanwhile, accusing or else excusing one another. Right, so he's talking about how this law is written in their heart. Okay, go with me over to um, go to uh, let's see, go to First Corinthians chapter nine. First Corinthians chapter nine. Watch what he says in verse number 19. 
For though, Paul's writing to the church of Corinth, for though I be free from all men, yet have I made myself servant unto all men, that I might gain the more. And unto the Jews I became as a Jew, that I might gain the Jews, to them that are under the law, as under the law, that I might gain them that are under the law. So again, he's talking about, he said, I'm going to follow the law of the Jews to be able to try to reach the Jews. To them that are without law, as without law. Okay, so then Paul says, I'm going to keep the law of the Jews to try to reach the Jews, but then those that are without the law, I'm going to be to those that are without the law. Does that mean he's throwing away the law? Yes and no. Which law is he going to put aside? He's going to put aside the civil laws. He's going to put aside the ceremonial laws. Because why? Those aren't for the Gentiles. Those aren't for the Gentiles. So he says to those without the law as without the law. But then what does he say? Being not without law to God, but under the law to Christ, that I might gain them that are without law. So again, he says he's talking two different laws here. He says to the Jews, I'm going to keep the ceremonial laws and I'm going to keep the civil laws, right? He says, when I'm, when I'm with the Jews, I'm not going to eat pork and things. And with, I'm, when I'm with the Jews, I'm going to follow all the ceremonial and civil laws and things like this, right? Because I'm trying to reach the Jews. But when I'm with the Gentiles... I'm not going to follow those things. I'm not going to follow those things because I'm with the Gentiles. That law is not for them, right? It would, it would be offensive to the Gentiles for Paul to try to keep those laws and try to still win them to Christ. They wouldn't, they wouldn't want to listen. But watch what he says, though. He's not throwing away the law completely, right? And this is what he says. Being not without law to God, but under the law to Christ, that I might gain them that are without law. To the weak became I as weak, that I might gain the weak. I made all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. And this I do for the gospel's sake, that I might be partaker thereof with you. Again, so think about what he's saying. Paul says, there is specific laws that were given to the Gentiles that are, excuse me, given to the Jews that are just for the Jews, Right? Those would be the ceremonial and the civil laws. But there is also a law that is given to all men. And he says, when I'm with the Jews, I'm going to follow that law that is with the Jews. But when I'm with the Gentiles, I don't need to follow that law because it's not for the Gentiles. Does everybody understand what we're saying here? He's saying, I'm not without law. There is still a law. There is a law that is for every single person, a law that is both for Gentile and Jew. And he says, I'm not without that law. That law, I'm not without. That law, I cannot just throw, I cannot just put that law aside. But the law that is specifically for the Jews, as far as the ceremonial laws, as far as the civil laws and things like that, he said, that I can put aside when I am with the Gentiles. Correct. Yes, absolutely. Because again, it was back to circumcision. They said, well, you can't be saved if you're not circumcised. Hmm? Yeah, Corey?
yeah, I would say that's probably you're on the on the right track there. Yeah. So here's here's the here's your homework for this week, all right? Because we're out of time. Go back and see if you can find and don't don't just Google it. <laughs> that is not studying. Okay? That's not studying. Go back from Genesis and go all the way through before God gives the law to Moses on Mount Sinai and see if you can find the law. Okay? That's your homework, right? Let's pray. Father, we ask you just bless in the service to follow. Uh, Lord, just thank you for the time we've had today. And uh, Lord, just help us to study your word, that we would be good stewards of it, Lord, and truly understand and grow through it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, try to, try to move up, folks. Try to move up. Try to